welcome to Small Steps Living, the The podcast. podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Cordaff, bringing you inspiring stories to help you transform your life one small step at a time. Here at Small Steps Living, we're keeping it real. Kick back and And enjoy enjoy the show. show. Hey guys, well, I'm trying not to be insulted that... I can actually look at the stats on these podcasts and I can see how many have been listened to, like how many times a podcast has been listened to. And it's freaking me out that my husband is hugely popular. (laughs) The two episodes that I've done with Nick have um, gone off the charts. So I'm feeling a little unloved. So I'm bringing in the big guns today. It's me with you talking about the five things that I always get asked about food. Like these are questions that I answer all the time. They seem to come up for people. So I'm just going to put them all in a podcast episode for you to refer back to. This is what we're going to cover. I get asked these questions all the time. Which bread is best? Do I eat dairy? What goes in my kids' lunch boxes All the time. How do I get my kids to eat this stuff, my family to eat this stuff? And a more general one that I get asked a lot, how do I do it all? Mm, Such a juicy question. So some of these questions are quick to answer and some are a little bit longer, but stick with me. I'm really glad you're here. I am always after feedback on these podcast episodes. So feel free to leave a review on iTunes. They are like gold, make my day, or leave a comment in um, on, the, on the blog where I've got all the podcast episodes there for you with transcripts, even although you're listening to this, so you probably don't want a transcript. Anyway, let's kick off. Um, the question about which bread is best. We're so confused about bread. I remember being a bit confused about bread too. And I think we hear so many different things about, um, grains in general, wheat especially. And, uh, you know, when, when we start looking on the backs of packets of the breads that we're buying at the supermarket, it can be a little bit confronting when we're like, What's that? And if you go a step further, download the Chemical Maze app and you start to see some of the preservatives that are in these breads, it can blow your mind. And suddenly, the humble loaf of bread is a cause for a freak out. So let me tell you what my ultimate choice of bread is. And, you know, with all this stuff, You just got to find out what works for you because I'm sure there's going to be some people listening to this going, oh my gosh, Lisa, just go paleo and feel the benefits (laughs) or whatever. But you know me, I'm always keeping it real. I'm experimenting with this stuff. Uh, I live a, a full life just like you and my life is full of gray. I haven't taken a hardcore approach with food, but in saying that, my My favourite bread is a loaf of spelt sourdough. It's expensive, yeah, Uh, totally worth it and not something that I just power through like a white bread loaf that doesn't fill you up. I choose spelt bread because it's 
a beautiful ancient grain that hasn't been messed about with like a lot of the modern day wheat has. It's very similar to wheat, but it has a lower gluten content. So it does still contain gluten. And I know that there's lots of people and lots of research out there encouraging us all to to get rid of gluten, give gluten the boot. And for sure, I interview so many experts and when they are recommending foods to remove from your diet when you've got a, a multitude of issues, but a lot does come back to the health of your gut, getting rid of gluten is one of the things that always comes up or at least um, wheat. So uh, we do eat bread here. Uh, spelt sourdough has been fermented. So you think about the way that people would have helped, like bread would have risen back in the day before fast-acting yeasts and all that sort of thing. They had to leave it out. Sourdough is made from flour and water and a sourdough starter, which is like a living thing. A sourdough starter has been brought to life (laughs) and it has the power to help sourdoughs rise over a long period of time. So it takes a while for everything to do its magic. And I'm no expert on the breakdown of all this stuff, but all I know in Lisa language is that this fermentation process makes that gluten, makes that grain so much easier for our bodies to digest. And it's what I choose. I get really bloated if I eat a lot of bread or pizza or something like that. But when I'm having a spelt sourdough, not feeling that so much. You know, I can have one slice, pop it in the toaster, lather it with butter, top with avocado everywhere, a slice of slices of tomato, a bit of salt, a bit of lemon juice. Heaven. But, you know, I'm, I always have to say, if, if it doesn't work for you, don't eat bread. Have a go without it. There's a lot of gluten-free breads out there. Some of them are better than others. I just try to remove the highly refined grains. But, you know, um, that's not to say that my kids have sourdough in their lunch boxes, and we'll talk about that in a second. So that's that's my favourite bread. I, I would say uh, if you're going to have bread, opt for sourdough when you can. Um do do I eat dairy is a huge question and I think we're so confused about dairy and all I can share with you here now is what's what what I do and how I am kind of finding a balance when I started on my whole foods journey and you know I share the whole basis of my program small steps to whole foods is to bring people, like I just, I remember what it was like when I really knew very little about about food. And I remember learning about dairy and thinking, oh yeah, um, why hasn't that entered my head before that you know, milk is a food for baby, you know, for carbs, and it helps them grow. And, you know, that's what it is. It's a growth promoter. Cells, you know, divide and conquer. They grow. It's a, it's, it, and you, you, you think about breast milk. It's just, think about the growth that happens to those babies. And they're, it's an amazing miracle food. 
But I did start to question how much I needed of that in my older age when I'm not going through a growth phase. And I started to think about whether it was natural for human babies to be having cow's milk. Now, this is a total can of worms right here, okay? And I love Australian dairy farmers and we do have dairy. But I went through a phase of finding and sourcing raw milk because part of my journey with whole foods has been about going back to foods in their natural state, like before they're really messed with. And what happens with with milk that we find in the supermarket is that it's been pasteurized, which means it's been heated to a very high temperature, which removes a lot of its natural enzymes. And those are the enzymes that help us be able to digest the milk, help our body basically know what to do with it. And so, you know, there's so many people with dairy intolerances, maybe, you know, because so many of us aren't eating the real thing, just like with so many other foods out there that we think we're eating a staple food, but it's actually been messed around with. And it makes sense. You know, they started to do that pasteurization process so that milk could be transported further and could last longer. And, um, you know, humans are very, very smart. It's just that our bodies are smarter. And so we can only sometimes put up with these things for a while until we start feeling some negative effects. So I love cheese and I love butter. But I now think about the types of cows that I get those foods from uh, and I try to support um, people who uh, are local and I also, I love thinking about, you know, happy cows (laughs) and uh, cows that have been fed food that they like to eat. So lots goes into this dairy discussion and I I said can of worms because it is a can of worms. I never, ever, ever claim to know everything about food. I am navigating this journey right along with you. And when I've, you know, the past few rounds of running Small Steps to Whole Foods, I've had the amazing Joe Atkinson, who is just a genius uh, in the Facebook group, supporting everyone. And she actually really knows all about this stuff. And I watch what she writes. And I think people who are involved in um, nutritional medicine and naturopathy and who help people really get back to their most vibrant selves, it just does seem to be that dairy and gluten can be highly irritating to us sometimes and they can kind of be an an easy go-to. Like, let's remove those and see how you feel. I've never felt the need to do that, although my middle child doesn't respond well to lots of dairy. So we haven't, we don't have um, normal milk in this house anymore. We have and we sort of mix it up between a bit of I can make cashew milk or almond milk or we buy an oat milk. Uh, and just, yeah, try to limit the amount of, of cheese for sure. But, you know, I'm conscious and I talk to people about how to make sure she's getting what she needs. But 
you know, and that's a whole nother can of worms, you know, the amount of calcium that we've been told that we need. Huge, huge topic. Delve into it way more in um, in small steps to whole foods. But as I said, it's a question that I get asked a lot. So I just wanted to give you my personal take on it, which can I also just say, I never hold hard lines on any of this stuff. If something starts to feel wrong to me, I switch things up. I experiment all the time and I try not to hold on to too much dogma. The fact that what has worked for someone else um, and seen them get amazingly healthy and we look at it and we think that should be me, I want that kind of health too, is a stage I have been through. You know, I've looked at the plant-based diets and just gone, wow, you know, that makes sense. And I've looked at paleo and thought, yes. And I've looked at all sorts. I mean, there's so many out there. And I just keep coming back to go for what is most whole and keep checking in with myself. It's what I get small steppers to do all the time. How does this actually make you feel? How do you feel? And I think it's amazing to get help from from qualified practitioners. I think there's a lot of online, um, there's a lot of Facebook groups and there's a lot of people um, with a very uh, fundamental knowledge of food. And pff, I put my hand up there uh, because, you know, I haven't studied the human body. I'm not keeping up with the latest research. I'm keeping up with the latest Lisa. I'm looking at my kids, um, you know, going down the path of, starting to get some things tested if I feel like they're going off, but totally deviated from the dairy question. So what happens when I'm just talking to myself and <laughs> take myself off on tangents? Um, but yeah, I just, I was really just wanting to say that I never hold a hard line. Things can change anytime. And I feel like because we have mostly gone back to whole foods, it's easier to make those changes. It's very hard when you're when you're starting to look through all packet food um, backs of ingredients or backs of packets and ingredients lists and thinking, wow, I didn't realize this was in everything or you know that kind of stuff. It's always small steps. Always start with where you're at. Uh, and we can talk about that later. But the next thing is, so we've tackled bread, we've tackled dairy. Uh, and as I've said, you don't follow my word as gospel. We have to do our own investigation on this stuff. Uh, so what goes in my kids' lunch boxes is actually really boring. And I do not feel the need to be taking photos of my kids' lunch boxes all the time because a lot of the time they're having very similar things. We can mix up breakfast. We can mix up afternoon teas and dinners, but when it comes to packing my kids' lunch boxes, I keep it as simple as I can for myself. And what I have realized in this first week of grade one, when they're not sitting down and someone's watching them eat their lunch, my son is not eating anything. He'll maybe have two carrot sticks and that's it. And I just don't know what to do about it. He said tonight, I think I just get really distracted. Yeah, buddy. Yes, you do. Anyway, here's how it goes. I usually give them a sandwich. Mm-hmm. 
So I um, would get them either a, we have a local bakery near us that sells preservative-free bread. So it's just bread. And uh, I would get them, they like a nice dark rye or a wheat, a wholemeal bread. And um, and I've just discovered recently a really great spelt loaf that is Exy uh, from the health food shop. And I'm like, Lisa, you know, back in the day, I was I made bread for them. And life life happened. Her third child happened. Wow. Uh, and that like it, maybe uh, the spelt sandwiches sandwich loaf is going down a treat. And then I would give them some vegetables. So, you know, one likes carrot and cherry tomatoes. The other one likes cucumber and carrot. The other one likes cucumber and cherry tomatoes. Well, yeah, it's all a bit of a mixture. They each get fruit. They each get uh, something like a, a sweet kind of treat. Um, so that might be um, a muffin or one of my choc chip cookies that is uh, you know, the nut-free version so they can take it to school. So there's always something kind of cool that they're like, yes. And then usually a boiled egg. So that's kind of it. <laughs> and, and they eat it. So, you know, if I think that they want to have a little bit of rice crackers, I'm getting one of the, I'm getting a bit of a fancier lunchbox um, for for my kids this year, one that they can put dips in so that I might be able to whack in some hummus or make up pestos, nut-free ones or whatever, uh, to so that they can do a bit of dipping and stuff. But really, keep it pretty simple. Fruit, vegetables, egg, sandwich, something sweet. I just really try to make life not too hard for myself. Like I'll make up a banana bread and some cookies at the start of the week and that, that'll do. <laughs> Makes me sound lazy. Oh, sometimes I do add popcorn. That's a bit of fun, um, the popcorn. And I, as I said, like I look at each of my kids and I think, you know, my son right now, okay, how am I going to make sure he has what he needs so he's not a raging bull tearing for the pantry as soon as he gets home from school. And I said to him tonight, if you're not eating your lunch, then and all he really likes to eat in the morning is a, a smoothie, which is just avocado, banana, frozen banana and, and cashews usually. Um, and I said, we're going to have to also have a wrap in the morning, which would be a mountain bread wrap with salad and tuna or something. Um, and and he's like, all right, mum. <laughs> so I think he's kind of getting that he's feeling hungry at school, but he just forgets to eat. So we all have to think about the circumstances and and what works. I remember a friend of mine saying, you know, don't don't get a fancy lunchbox for a boy because they're just going to be out in the oval in two seconds. Give them something they can take out there. And, you know, if it's in a paper bag and then they can just get rid of because we might want the recycle, you know, the sustainable, most fancy choice. But at the end of the day, sometimes you've just got to do what you have to do so your kids eat. <laughs> um, 
So next is how do I get my family to eat this food? And this is something that I discussed with Nick in a podcast episode recently, and that was about his take on this whole foods journey we've gone down. And I know lots of small steppers ask, you know, what's the deal? What, you know, how did you get Nick to to jump on board? And I really recommend you go and listen to that episode for a bit of a background on um, on that conversation, I guess. And and when it comes to my kids, uh, I don't. I've never done dessert, so they've got to eat what's on their plate. I have a rule that they've just got to try it, everything once. Um, you know, and. That's just a rule. So whatever's on their plate, they just need to try it. And if they don't like it, that's fine, but they do need to try it. And that often helps. But you know what? Like my kids don't eat perfectly. Can I just flag that right there? I think it helps that they, I mean, it did used to help that they didn't know any different. And now I feel like the ball game's totally changed. You know, my son is in grade one now my daughter's for second year of kindy, they're, they're exposed to so much more different foods. And so suddenly, you know, the sweetness level has gone up in their life and things that may have previously tasted sweet just don't anymore. I remember making a batch of muffins for my son to come home for afternoon tea from prep. And I was like, look, you know, the house smelled divine mother of the year right here. He's like, I don't want one of your muffins. What have we got in a packet? And I'm like, really? <laughs> oh, you don't know how lucky you are. And I want to jump off this balcony pretty quickly. <laughs> you know, it can be so, so frustrating. And it's a, it's a path I'm navigating along with you. But I do talk to my kids about food. Um, we talk about sometimes food and they are getting that concept. Uh, we talk about how they might feel after a birthday party. We started a, a lolly jar at the end of last year when there was a lot of candy canes. Oh, yeah, a lot of them. And I said, I said, look, guys, you know, you can have – you can have the lollies or you could put it in here and you get some money so you decide if you want to eat it or not. Uh, because I think if I just keep telling kids no, 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 well, we all know what's going to happen then, they're going to rebel against it. So I am trying to navigate this path with them in the world, with them with friends who's, you know, the, you know, their families aren't interested in, in whole foods and, and packet food is the way to go for whatever reason. Um, I'm not judgmental at all. It could have been me if my eyes hadn't opened, if I hadn't been exposed to the amazing women who've taught me so much and who I interview in Small Steps to Whole Foods, if I hadn't just opened that door and walked through and learnt what I've learnt, then that would have been me too because I was so average in my eating. I mean, oh, you know, what's wrong with barbecue shapes? You hear me? So (laughs) 
I I never I am never judgmental when it comes to that stuff, but it is changing the conversation around food for me and my family as they're exposed to different things and I am trying to be a mum, I guess, who is thinking a step or two ahead of just the tantrum that might happen because of a sugar meltdown. So there's things that I do put my foot down to for sure. Um, but as I said before, this is a big gray area for me and I don't necessarily have it worked out, but I, it's pretty much all that we have in our house. So unless I purchase something and bring it in, they're going to eat what is here. So that's a number one tip (laughs) and be a role model, um, was something that I heard from the awesome, um, Jessica Donovan, who's energetic mama. And I interviewed her for February's um, Expert Masterclass for um, the Small Steps Living membership. And she, you know, she's so real life and she's just, and and in fact, I'm going to be interviewing her on the podcast too. So watch out for that. I've got lots of interesting things to talk to her about. She just did a trip around Australia. I'm like, can we just talk about that? Took your kids out of school and you travel around Australia for a year. Love it. Um, But... And now I've totally forgotten what it was that um, she said. Tangents. You'd think I should write out a script for this stuff, wouldn't you? But no. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, oh, be a role model. That was it. Yeah, she um, she just said, like, they all model. It's uh, monkey see, monkey do. And it's so powerful when we start to take care of ourselves what we can do for our children and their habits. So finally, how do I do it all? That is a question I am asked all the time. Oh my gosh, you're a superwoman. No, I am not. I don't do it all. That's a myth. That is something that we create these ideas of what life is like for other women and other mums and I doubt it is ever correct. So if you think that I am capable of doing all I do without any support, you're wrong. I have a cleaner that comes once a week. So that's like three hours of my week. Someone else takes care of that. Um, And I think I've spoken about that before. Have I spoken about it on the podcast? I can't remember. But that was a big part of the reason why I started this business. I wanted to be able to contribute to childcare so I could um, cover the costs of the family daycare for two days a week. And I wanted to be able to hire a cleaner because, you know, I'm not one of those people who's just getting off on cleaning. No way. I don't see the mess. I'm, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's great to have someone come in once a week. It kind of forces me to do a tidy up. I also have a lot of support in my business. So everything that you see happen, like this podcast episode, I'm sitting here in my podcast room recording it and someone else is going to edit it and someone else will make it look pretty on my on my blog and get it into iTunes and all that. That's stuff that you know, I made a, a very conscious decision after 2015 exploded with very little help in the beginning when, when I started this business. I, I, mean, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, it was a conscious decision in 2016 to, you know, 
just outsource and get the help where I needed it so I could get to bed at nighttime at a reasonable hour to not work weekends. And it means that I don't, you know, the income from this business isn't huge at this stage, even although it makes a healthy revenue. I'm quite happy in these years where I'm working out what this business is all about and how to craft it in a way where I have balance in my life. I'm happy to um, to pay for the help and so that I can kind of, you know, do the things that I want to do. It is not easy for any of us to raise children period. And throwing in work, as many of you would know, just adds a whole other dimension of craziness. And I think number one, we're way too hard on ourselves. I think in when, you know, when I created Small Steps to Whole Foods, which is about to be launched for the eighth time, I cannot believe it, that program was designed to show people how simple it can be. Like it can be so easy because like, as I said before, like the way that I do my lunch boxes doesn't have to be complicated. This has to be real. And that program is chock-a-block full of just the most easy things to do that people go, oh my gosh, why didn't I, why didn't I do that (laughs) for oh yeah I I forgot it could be this simple because I think we get caught up in looking at our Instagram feeds and fancy fancy foods and cooking shows where we're like man I should totally do that but where am I going to find that ingredient or you know whatever it's crazy I was talking to a guy (laughs) it's so it's actually very random um a guy who was um, helping us with just getting a new car and I was talking to this guy who's doing the finance for it and he was asking me what my business was and I was telling him, just kind of help normal people eat more real food <laughs> without being a bit being too fancy about it. And we were talking about how he was a bit, his, you know, I would say he was probably about 50 And so, you know, at least a decade older than me, I'm 37. And he was saying how crazy it is that our generation has to relearn some of the really basic things about cooking because we just haven't, we haven't grown up with a strong food culture. We haven't grown up seeing this stuff. We've grown up buying food from supermarkets, from those middle aisles, and most of those middle aisles aren't filled with food. It's all just kind of a concoction of stuff. And I, when I just, when I went down this path, I had kids. It wasn't as though I was like some green smoothie drinking 20-something who had time to just you know, just wow. I just think about those endless weekends, just reading a newspaper front to back, just thinking, what are we going to do today? Oh man, what I could have done with that time. Uh, And, you know, so I, my eyes were open to food when I already had kids. And I, so I've had to make these changes as simply as possible. My recipes are so simple because I just don't have 
a stack of time to devote to cooking, but I value the food being real and as close to normal as possible. And I think our normal has gotten, you know, normal can mean different things to different people, obviously. But for me, it's just eating food made from basic ingredients as often as I can. And when there's processed and packaged foods that it's not crazy and, you know, has as limited ingredients as possible and as few additives and preservatives or just, you know, educating myself on the ones that are the best to avoid. So you can see that it might look all fancy, but I'm just keeping it really, really simple for myself. Super simple. My kids don't do a stack of extracurricular activities. We spend quite a lot of time at home. We don't have any family around in Brisbane. All our family is down in Melbourne. And so it means that, you know, we're not we're not visiting people all the time. We don't have visitors dropping in all the time. We've got beautiful friends. But it's not as though this is, you know, a frantic life in that respect. And so, you know, I have help, number one, in my personal life with cleaning. I have an amazing husband who gets what I'm trying to do, who's, you know, four hands on deck when he comes home from work and it's, you know, dinner time and bath time and bedtime. You know, he's really on board and I don't know how I would do much without his support in that respect because, yeah, I mean, I can I can count on him and that is so valuable to me. And I have support in my business. So, yeah, and I am also the mum who forgets it's book week and their kids rock up in the school uniform. You know, that's happened. I am really scattered. <laughs> but I just try to give myself as least things to do or think about as possible. Uh, anyway, that's a whole other um, podcast organisation or lack thereof and, you know, what I prioritise in order to be able to make things get done. You know, I, I built... A, an online business in nap time. Uh, you know, my baby was with, with me that whole first year and I just used to, I forewent the uh, cleaning and just tapped away for an hour and a half or two hours or however long I had uh, for a nap. And I just got really good at taking very, very, very imperfect action. And when it comes to most things in my life, if it's a matter of getting it done or not getting it done, I'll just do it, even if it's not done in a perfect way. For example, you have to leave the house quickly and, you know, the kids don't have hair brushed or, or they're in weird clothes because they got dressed themselves and whatevs. Let it go. You know what I was just about to do? Break out into song, but I'm not going to. Uh, I'm going to leave it right here. We've spoken about bread. We've spoken about dairy. We've spoken about what goes in my kids' lunchboxes and how I get my family to eat whole foods. And then, you know, we just touched really, scraped the surface of this whole doing it all thing because that is... That, my friends, is that is its whole own freaking, that's an e-course, you know what I'm saying? 
this is what I think of. I think in terms of e-courses now. Uh, and my friend, my beautiful friend Carly Nimmo, who was in the first podcast with me, uh, she we started a Mums Who Get Shit Done Facebook page a while ago and ran a few webinars. That that went off because we're all interested in getting stuff done, but we all need to bring a massive amount of kindness to ourselves. So, uh, yeah. Now, I want to remind you also that coming up is going to be the eighth launch of Small Steps Toll Foods, which is just nuts. And well over 3,000 women have gone through that program and changed their relationship with food and learned a crazy amount from amazing guest speakers and have watched, you know, 20 recipe how-to videos and got really simple tips under their belt seem to attract the most amazing people into that program who rock the Facebook group and get supported every step of the way. And I encourage you to stay in the loop and uh, and keep an eye out on the Facebook page and um, hopefully you're subscribed to my, my weekly newsletter too. You'll be getting notice of it there because um, that's a biggie. That course is deep. We dive deep into a lot of this stuff and you get the answers that I know that you've been searching for. But with that, you know, keeping it real kind of vibe going on, which I must deliver every single time I talk to you because one of my pet hates is comparisonitis. Let yourself never compare yourself with me because, you know, the inside is always different. Go back and listen to Nick and I talking about our marriage last week. That was a really, um, that was a really fun episode, a really confronting episode to do as well. Like, I couldn't lie to you. He he was right there. And uh, and we spoke very honestly about our marriage. Now I'm rambling. I said I was going to wrap it up. I'm going to do that right now. Thank you for sticking with me. I hope answering those questions has helped close some loops for you. If not, you've got the blog, you've got the recipes, you've got the podcast, you've got Small Steps Living TV, and of course, you've got Small Steps to Whole Foods. So keep an eye out for that. The eight-week program coming at you soon. See you guys. For more inspiration, interviews and know-how, head to smallstepsliving.com. Small Steps Living, inspiring your best life, one small step at a time.